Bills Mafia, what's up? How you doing? How's everybody doing? We are back. It's another episode of Off the Edge. Big win on Sunday. Huge division win. No matter what way you want to spin it, it was a big, big time game. Josh Allen was great. Stephon Diggs was great. The defense was great. Everybody was great. But now they got another test. They got an 8:30 game over in London. They got a, they got a long travel. We'll see how they do. Let's break it down. Got me, got Akeem. Let's go off the edge. Starts right now. Built in Buffalo fam. Hi. How you doing? How's everybody doing? It's a great Wednesday night here at eight on eight thirty. Uh, obviously, different time than we usually are. We're usually nine o'clock, but we're trying eight thirty out to see how everybody likes it. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate everybody that comes in here. Bill's got a big win. Looking for another big win this Sunday. Akeem, yeah. how you doing? It's been a great, great week. Obviously, with everything that's been going on. So, how you doing? Uh, a rich Hakeem Richens off the edge. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us. We are only on the built in Buffalo network. Ben Shoop, I am fantastic, man. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was, it's been a great week going to work all week. You know, I, I had that little bounce in my step all week when you're ready to visit your co workers after hearing a lot of trash talk throughout the week leading up to the game and now the game is over is concluded and you get to see the faces and the reactions from the game so it's been a delightful work week and it was a great weekend as well man and it is wednesday i'm going to enjoy this a little bit for the rest of the night but as we all know is only week four is on the off the london yeah, off to London. I believe the team actually leaves tonight, I believe. Um, so they will be getting there early tomorrow morning, or I guess for them it will be way earlier than for us. But, uh, yeah, I believe they leave tonight. Um, obviously, they got you know, it's a long flight. It's something that a lot of people talk about. Is it, you know, a big issue having these teams travel that far? We That's something that we, you know, we'll get into throughout the show. Um, but we got to go over this big win versus the Dolphins. I mean, it it really was just it was one of those games like you said that when now the rest of the week you're just kind of in a better mood just because of the game um i mean it was one of those games where even when you're at the game you're like what is happening i didn't expect this like i mean at least i was one of those people where i was kind of watching the game like i mean i was obviously very very happy to watch what i was watching but it is one of those games where you're like wow like you know i expected this to kind of be a you know, closer game or I expected something different or I didn't, you know, you didn't really expect a blowout, I think, either way. Um, but what you got was a very, very sound win from the Buffalo Bills. You know, it started off back and forth, but the Bills just pulled away. It seems like they were making the timely plays and it really just was a terrific game from both the offense and the defense. So um, what are just your overall thoughts on the win? And just overall thoughts on how you know the coaching did, offense, defense, everything. Um, really, what was what was your main takeaways? Um, I, I I just think it was it was one of those games leading up to the game. As a Bills fan, it was like okay, we are confident in our team, 
but we do have our concerns and we 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 talk about our concerns about the football team on a weekly basis fans talk about it all the time then you have a miami dolphins team who is a division rival who has been up and coming since last year facing them in the wild card playoffs and now they score 70 points and and it, it looks like a revolutionary offense, like it's something that's that's about to take over the game, and we're in the middle of that buzzsaw, uh, so to speak. So as a fan, you do have some concerns, you do have some doubts, and 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 you do think a little bit like, hey, uh, uh, is it possible that this other team can beat us? But we've got that reminder during the game that our Buffalo Bills have been the elite team for several years for this reason. They have a great uh, a great coach. They have a great quarterback. They have a great staff that understands how to make adjustments and to prepare for teams week in and week out. And they went ahead and proved that they are amongst the elites as a, as a team, as an organization, and as a coaching staff on Sunday. And I thought that when I look at Sean McDermott's tenure and I think about the best coaching job he's done, just picking, like, thinking about a game where it's like, you know what? This was a hell of a coaching job. The first game I thought of was the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs where Teron Johnson ran back uh, that, that pick six, 90-something yard pick six. It was just, in my opinion, an incredible coaching performance just because of what Lamar Jackson did previously before facing the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, what he did to Matt Milano, shaking him out his shoes and what they was able to accomplish. So I think they did an excellent job bottling up Lamar Jackson in that playoff game. But this game, this past Sunday, was the best coaching performance in Sean McDermott's tenure. Yeah, and that, you know, that says a lot. Right. I mean, like you said, there's been plenty of other games, like even the Baltimore game is one. You know, you can go down the list of just amazing games put on the, the perfect game when the Bills played uh, the Patriots in the playoffs. I mean, just going over his his schedule. Um, and I do see a, a, a comment of saying definitely wasn't the playoff game against Cincinnati. No, it was not. That was definitely, definitely not one of them. Um, but he's had. I feel like there's been more performances of Sean McDermott where I've looked at and I've said wow, that's impressive, way more than I've even said, you know, oh, it's all right, or mm. oh, it was really bad. Like, it, you, most of the time when you look at a Sean McDermott team and how they play on us any Sunday, mm -hmm. Thursday, Monday, whatever day it is, mm -hmm. most of the time you're like, okay, if they lost, is it really on Sean McDermott? There's very few losses, in my opinion, that you can say that about, you know, maybe 13 seconds, maybe you can say that's about him, maybe, you know, but again, there's a million different factors to every game, mm -hmm. but there's very few that I look at and say, yeah, Sean McDermott really cost us that game, mm -hmm. or, you know, it wasn't, it was all on coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and Sunday, I think that was the biggest thing was you saw Sean McDermott just outcoached him, outcoached Mike McDaniels very, very badly. I mean, I think you didn't really see many adjustments from Miami throughout the game, especially defensively. I didn't think you saw too many. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it looks like Miami the whole game, at least once, once Diggs, I was honestly, once Diggs made that big play, it kind of just seemed like that may have taken just the, the air out of the tires for Miami there. And it was only the second quarter. 
And that was the big thing. That was the big thing for me. I noticed was it just seemed like that was really when it shifted because it was kind of back and forth up until then. You know, the Bills had just gotten uh, gotten a stop and they'd gotten the ball back up twenty one to fourteen. But that that just seemed like the turning point, and it just seemed like ever since that play, the Bills just they took off on Sunday and they said, "No, though this is our game. This is this is our this is our stadium. This is our game. This is our division." And they they showed it on Sunday, and that was the big thing. That my opinion was this team wanted to come out and show that this is their division. Last year, early in the season, Miami came in, or we went to Miami. They they ended up losing, obviously, a crazy game with all the you know people going down with injury and just all of the heat in Miami last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that left a sour taste watching how Miami reacted to that game. Mm-hmm. And they said, "No, this isn't happening again. Miami's not going up two games in this division." Mm-hmm. Miami's not going to be celebrating, acting like they won the division already. We're going to come in. We're going to show exactly what's up. That's what. And that's what they did. They 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 flat out. They they balled out. Every I, I don't know one player that didn't ball out on Sunday. It just seemed like an overall team effort. Josh, Stefan, all the way down to you know Kincaid, Osiris Torrance. Everybody seemed to be playing pretty well. Um, even if you didn't have you know a top tier game, you had, in my opinion, probably a pretty good game. Um, so it, it just it really was an overall amazing effort, top to bottom, from everybody in the organization. Um, I mean, to stop a team that people were comparing to say is the best offense of all time, and I know it was week three, but they, they did look amazing the first three weeks. I mean, they put up 70 points, right? So to hold the team to 20 points and just countless turn, uh, turnover on downs and, you know, just turn getting some turnovers. Could have had more, too, with if, if I mean, I guess – I guess Trey White's right after that was the fumble, so I guess we wouldn't have had more. But, you know, you, you got some turnovers. You got to him, too. Going into that game, too, had only been sacked once. And I believe they got to him, what, five times, I believe. Um, so, you know, they, they they did everything they had to do. They, you know, honestly didn't get as physical as I thought they would on defense. But they didn't. it didn't seem like they really needed to get super, super physical. But it, it just was an all-around all amazing performance. Um versus this Dolphins team. And, you know, I think it shocked a lot of fans of the NFL, not even just Bills or Dolphins. I think a lot of people looked at that that, that game and said, wow, okay, like, you know, this is why week one, we can't overreact, right? Bills lost week one, can't overreact. Got to just put it behind them, go and keep going. And now they're three and one going to jet, going into, over to London to play Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, it was just overall great performance. Any other last thoughts on, on the Bills and Dolphins? Or not last, but any other final overall thoughts on the Dolphins before we get into a little bit more a little bit more in-depth? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, you, you know what this, this game did for me? It put, it put certain things into perspective. We think about and we talk about and we debate about offensive versus defensive coaches all the time. You know, the, the, the NFL is transitioning as a passing league, as an offensive league. You want to get an offensive coach. You, the defensive coaches are going by the wayside. But the reality of the situation is from watching this game is you just want good coaching. It's about having good coaches, period, because you can be an offensive guru all you want to, but if you're a bad coach, you're a bad coach. You could be a defensive guru all you want to. If you're a bad coach, head coach, you're a bad head coach. So this is about coaching. Do you have a good coaching staff? Don't matter if he's an offensive guru or no matter if he's a defense guru. 
Is he a good coach? And Sean McDermott is a good coach. The offense allowed the Buffalo Bills, because it was like a boxing match to begin it, right? It was 7-7. Then it was 14-14, kind of like filling each other out. Kind of like the offensive coordinators, they have their playbook and they have a set set of plays they want to run probably for the first couple of possessions. And it was working. But when that script runs out, and now you have to make adjustments. You have to adjust to the adjustments. That's where your coach come in. And that's where Sean McDermott was a major, major difference from Mike McDaniel this past Sunday night. He is the superior coach, and the superior coach had his team prepared to win this game on Sunday and incredible fashion at that. Salute, Sean McDermott. Yeah, and I think to that point, you know – is Mike McDaniel's bad coach? And I, I know you're not, no, he's not, not at all. Not at all. But he's not Sean McDermott level of good being that good of a coach. You even see it with, you know, Brian Dable this past week, right? And Brian Dable, I think, is a phenomenal coach. I think he'll bounce back and be fine. But how many games have you seen with coaches just ha- like that where Brian Dable, it's just everything seemed to be going wrong and your players are fighting? It seems like you're losing it's everything I, from the way you're playing on the fields, the way you're handling yourself to even after the game, look at, you know, Evan Neal, he made those comments. So it just seemed like when you look at coaching, that's what, that's the difference there is you have to maintain the locker room. You have to maintain these being able to adjust. And you saw, you know, Mike McDaniels, he's a good coach, but that's something that I think he's still got to learn is to adjust just like a Brian Dable adjust and get your team, you know, all on the same page where when you look at this past, what was it, Monday night for the Giants, that, you know, it just seems like everything was all over the place. And even just you couldn't even get your own guys to settle down and not fight the other team. Where I feel like with Sean McDermott, you've rarely seen that. You've seen players stick up for other players, but you've rarely seen frustration come out of players. And if they do, you you probably expect that player not to be on the field, you know, at least for the rest of that game if they can't keep their emotions in check with a Sean on McDermott team, and I think this was a sun. This this past Sunday was a type of game where you had to keep your emotions in check. I think you saw it even with the Dolphins. There were some penalties that you just saw from the Dolphins that were, what are they doing? Are they are they really are they just forcing it now? Ta- Tua, I think even you saw him trying to force some things here and there. So it it's just it's about helping. It's not even just about X's and O's when it comes comes to coaching. It's about everything else in between, and that's what Sean McDermott since he's gotten to Buffalo has been phenomenal at, and it's about, you know, what do they preach culture? And he sure as sure as I'll knows what a good culture is because this, this, you know, and this comment just made me laugh. I'm sorry, but this comment here, even you know, even Diggs looked happy, right? Everybody in the organization wants to be there. You seven years ago, did anybody want to come to the bills? No, no, nobody wanted to come to Buffalo seven years ago, eight years ago. Now what's happening? Von Miller wants to come to Buffalo. Leonard Floyd wants to come to Buffalo. Super Bowl Everybody. champions want to come to Buffalo. And that's, that's the coaching aspect is you have guys that if you're losing, if it's a close game, whatever it is, you have guys that believe in the guy with the headset. And that's the big mm-hmm. difference, I think. And, you know, I do think Miami has everybody all believe. A lot of players have belief in, in Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what happened Sunday – it just looked like the air, the tires were flat there for a while. Looked like, mm-hmm. right, like I said, right after Diggs made that big play, that just the, all all air came out of the tire there for Miami, and it didn't really seem the rest of the game that they were ever really in it from that point. In my opinion, it 
It just seemed like it was bills all the way from there. And mm -hmm. it really was just a phenomenal job by Sean McDermott and everybody in that organization. Um, but three and one back on top of the division. I do. We're going to do something different. We haven't done this before. We're going to do stock up only. We're not going to do stock down. I mean, you can mention a stock down if you'd like, but stock up for the mm -hmm. offense and stock up for the defense. If you'd like to put in a stock down, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you, but it might be a little hard to find somebody just for the stock down this week. Um, but we'll start with the offense. Who mm -hmm. Whose stock is going up for you from the offense from this past week? So are we talking coaching? Are we talking player? Are we talking anybody? Are we talking anybody from the offensive side? Right? Anybody from the offensive side. All right. It's I, I had a I honestly I had a hard time picking out a guy because it were several guys that I picked out, in my opinion. It was like four or five guys. And I know we are stock up, stock down. I, I came down to two. And my two guys for stock up is uh the first guy. Ken Dorsey, right? Stock up big time Ken Dorsey. We're, we we as fans, we lack patience sometimes, especially when the team is good and we're expected to reach certain heights that we've never been to before. So when the expectation is so high, it, 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 it's kind of a trickle effect to everybody that's a part of that process. Even the first year offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey. And it was, it so happened to, to be where this guy is a first year calling plays on a championship team that's expected to win the Super Bowl. And that wasn't, that, that was a lot of pressure for Ken Dorsey. And I think he did well, but this year he's doing even better. He is transforming his offense and doing different things than he did last year with uh, pre-snap motions and uh, personnel groupings and uh, getting offensive skill players in advantageous situations to win. And I think he's catapulted his, his overall coaching philosophy for this Buffalo Bills, 38, 37, and 48 points in back-to-back -back weeks for Ken Dorsey. So uh, I really love what he's doing, and stock is definitely up for him. And the other guy I have the stock up for is Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach. We, we've we been talking about the offensive line for years with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and when they're going to run the ball, when they're going to get a running game. Is it the running game? Is it the offensive line? What is it? Well, the Buffalo Bills finally put some of that negative talk to rest. They're physical in the trenches. They're opening up holes in the run game. They're staying committed to the run game. And guys are, are improving individually. Deion Dawkins is looking like the left tackle that we signed uh, when he got his contract extension. Spencer Brown is looking like the guy that is supposed to be looking like that third round pick. I understand why now, thus far, why Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean didn't get another offensive lineman in the draft because they said they believe in Spencer Brown. Now we can believe based on his play. Osiris Torrance is a breath of fresh air. Connor McGovern is another breath of fresh air. The offensive line uh, as, a, as a unit is the best that I've seen. I know it's early. But thus far, it's the best that I've seen 
in Josh Allen's tenure, and I have to give all the props in the world to Aaron Cromer. I saw the New York Giants the other night. I, I remember, I, I know who the offensive line coach is for them, Bobby Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And I see the difference. I do not regret uh, him going to the New York Giants. I'm glad that Aaron Cromer is with the Buffalo Bills and has finally got the guys he has to perform well. Yeah, I, I think I agree both there. I mean, I think especially, you know, looking at this offensive line, it really is, you know, there were a lot of questions coming into this year, a lot of questions on this offensive line. And it just seems like week in and week out, we say, you know, they, they got to keep it up. They got to keep it up. Well, they're keeping it up so far. And every week we've been able to say that. And it's, Part, you know, partly due to Dorsey, partly due to Kramer. It's 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 a mix of both. It's and it's just it is great to see them, you know, improve and just especially guys like Spencer Brown improve and Osiris Torrance coming right away and be a, be a difference maker. And there's people benefiting from it. Not even just you know Deion Dawkins or Mitch Morse. It's everybody's benefiting from it. Josh's and one guy that I want to bring up that you know was commented here, Latavius Murray. He is also benefiting from it, and he's a guy that, you know, he wasn't on my list, but I do think that he deserves to give a little shout-out here for stock up because he's playing very, very good football for when he gets the ball. Now, he only had got the ball six times total this past game, but in those six touches, he had 56 yards. It's almost 10 yards a touch there. I mean, mm -hmm. he had 32 on the ground, 24 in the air. He's doing it both ways, and he's uh -huh. 33 years old. But, man, does that experience show every time he touches the ball. Whether Isn't he a third, blessing? It is. It, it, whether it's third and one, just get the first. So he knows that. He's a veteran. He knows that. Mm -hmm. And then he can break them, too. We saw him break one. Was it 29, 29-yard run he had? Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. And he's done it multiple games where I've looked at it, and I've said, wow, Latavius Murray's been a great signing. And, you know, James Cook is still RB1. Don't get me wrong, but he is playing phenomenal football. And the, But the guy that I did have on my list, and it might, you know, people, I see it coming in the comments, and I'm kind of shocked because I thought, you know, a lot of people have other people for stock up, but it is Dalton Kincaid, and I do want to let everybody know just way, by the way. Kincaid, it's K, uh, <laughs> K I N C A I D. I know that a lot of people do mix that up, but mm -hmm. Dalton Kincaid's one. Mm -hmm. And we got we had two comments from it, and you know he didn't pop off the pop off the you know the, the stat sheet there. He only had what four catches for twenty seven yards, and he got involved mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. But my my thing is is he had twenty percent of the target share. That mm -hmm. is very good, and it's only mm -hmm. I think going to go up. And mm -hmm. I think you know when you're looking at a guy like Kincaid, the sky's the limit for this guy, and you've seen it already. You saw him make mm -hmm. people miss. Right, you saw him just being able to find those spaces, knowing when to when to cut, when to do everything, and it it really is something that it's just it, it's it's another breath of fresh air to have a guy like that. Right, we had Cole Beasley for a while last year; that Cole Beasley role was missing. Mm -hmm. and now you got it, and a what six four, two hundred and forty pound tight end, two hundred thirty pound tight end, maybe a little bit less. Um, rookie who is just looking good when the ball gets thrown to him so it, those are those are i guess my two i'll go with latavius murray and dalton like they I like didn't it. pop off the stat sheet mm -hmm. you know and we both of us we could have picked you know me and you we could have picked josh Allen, we could have picked Stephon diggs could have mm -hmm. picked Dave davis you know the guys who on stat sheet mm -hmm. but you know it's about everybody else like it's about the coaching it's also about latavius murray right so or and dalton Kincaid, it's about ever this whole team Right, and it's just it's it's been a breath of fresh air for everybody. I think, especially as Bills fans, who you know we've we've been watching very good offenses the past few years, 
but it just seemed always seemed like something's been missing on every offense. And this year it just seems like a well-rounded, you know, team that like, like Eric says here, you know, it's, it's a complete and talented depth team. And that's the difference I think you're seeing in this team is everybody's getting the ball. You saw Sherfield. Sherfield got involved, everybody. Something that we've been waiting on. And he had two catches, 18 yards, looked pretty good. Dawson Knox ran over to Javon Holland. That was awesome. Set the tone. He set the tone. Yeah. That, set, that, that, really. that set the tone for the game. That Dawson Knox, that, that play right there. Yeah. And it just, yeah, like we said, everybody, though, everybody's involved. Um, mm-hmm. The only guy that I think wasn't involved that, that could have been was Khalil Shakir. And I think he almost had it, man. He almost had that one. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit kind of weird, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody had a good game. Um, but defensively, this is another great outing. So defensively, you know, I think you know, I'll go first on this one just because I got, he did have one. I'm going to go with somebody whose stock up has been going up every single game this year, in my opinion. And there were a lot of questions about this guy coming in this year, mainly due to his contract extension. And that is Ed Oliver. But man, is he shutting everybody up when, it, when everybody was screaming and hollering about that contract. I, you know, I looked at that contract initially and yeah, I thought, okay, it's not amazing. It's not, you know, <clears throat> horrible. This is looking to be a great contract so far. And it's, you know, right. And we haven't really even seen, I think, you know, him in two, three years when that contract's in the middle of it. But he had three, again, guy, three, three total tackles, another sack, two tackles for loss. I mean, he just, he's wreaking, wreaking havoc out there. And even when he's not, he's just, he's doing his job very, very well. And that's the thing that I think out of Ed Oliver that is terrific. And you're seeing it really come along. So Ed Oliver is my, um stock up for this week for the defense. So who do you got for your stock up for the defense? Uh stock up for me is is a guy that you spoke about a guy that got a contract extension. I'm gonna let's talk about a guy that deserves a contract extension. Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones, man, uh, uh, another sack, two tackles. It, obviously, the stat sheet doesn't jump out, but the physical presence that he brings on that defensive line, what he's able to do as a, as a one-tech defensive tackle, taking up those double teams and still able to generate that pressure out the double team and generate pressures coming from the one tech and freeing up guys like Ed Oliver or Leonard Floyd or Rousseau or fleeing up uh, uh, running lanes where our linebackers can attack those gaps. I think Daquan Jones is is a, a huge piece and asset for the Buffalo Bills defense. And uh, in my opinion, they need to resign him sooner rather than later. I think um, I think his presence and his value is 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 a lot higher than I think a lot of people would think. You know, uh, Daquan Jones, I'm not saying that the Buffalo Bills win that playoff game, but Daquan Jones was very, very missed against the Cincinnati Bengals last year when when uh, when he didn't play off an injury and it was kind of overlooked. But that was a huge injury. Daquan Jones is a huge part of the Buffalo Bills defense, what they do and what they can generate. Stock up Daquan Jones. Yeah, and he's a guy. It's funny. I don't know if anybody else has seen it on Twitter. Is the the? It seems like the Bills last week. I think it was last week against um, oh my gosh, the Commanders, where they they posted mm-hmm. something about a sack, and you know he he was saying, "Well, I I was in there too. I was 
in there too. And this week they made sure to made sure to post his sack and mm-hmm. say no Daquan was got in there. And he really is, you know, he's been phenomenal. He's phenomenal last year when healthy. He's he's been phenomenal this year. And he's been a guy that a lot of people for a while have been saying extend Daquan Jones. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's he's a little bit older, right? You know, everybody's that's that for some people are cautious. You know, some people don't want to give extensions to guys that are older, but if guys are playing well, they're playing well. It's mm-hmm. just like Jordan Foyer mm-hmm. or Micah Hyde. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to extend them, you know, because they're 34, 33. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're playing good, you got to extend them. You got to. And it's seen something that I think, even with Ed Oliver, where I think you see having Daquan next to him, mm-hmm. it, 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 I think, leaves a little pressure from him. And he feels a little bit more comfortable. And last year, you saw it too. I thought I think you saw Ed when Daquan was on the field last year really play 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 pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. He, he didn't play amazing, um, but it, it's it's this year is where he's taking that step. This year is where Ed's taking that step, and I think it's just a lot of a lot has to do with because Daquan Jones is next to him a lot of the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and it's, whether it's the run game or the pass, you know, he obviously Daquan's more of a run stopper specialist, mm-hmm. but. He showed he can fully get after the quarterback too, and mm-hmm. he showed it this Sunday. He got after the quarterback. He had attack for loss, sack. I mean, it just really was another great game from Daquan Jones. So two defensive linemen, another stock up here. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I look at this defensive line, it really is just ridiculous that that Ed Oliver's not even back yet to me, or not Ed Oliver, Von Miller. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that's the crazy part. I think when you look at this 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 defensive line, and it's mm-hmm. just it's everybody from Adrian Epinesa to. Mm-hmm. to Leonard Floyd, you know, you, we could have honestly had again. We could have said Greg Rousseau this week. He had he had another two sacks this week. Mm-hmm. We could have said, you mm-hmm. know, easy. Even, yeah, we could have said literally probably anybody from the team. Matt Milano, ten tackles, eight total. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rapp had six again. Great job filling in for for Jordan Foyer this week. Mm-hmm. Charles Bernard had another good week. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dane Jackson. Everybody, up. you know, everybody stepped up, and it just it's that's it's it's amazing to see. So, um, I mean. Look, I know a lot of people, I, I saw this in the comments, and this is no, I don't want to say this is a shot at anybody, mm-hmm. uh, because he does have a point. And it's from, it, it says, guys, it was a great game, but it's one game. We, we need to show up in the playoffs for a point. And yes, you're right. We need to show up in the playoffs for a point. But there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, of, you know, celebrating a very good game from everybody. I mean, have we, we haven't really had too much negativity on, when it comes to looking at this team from Sunday, because there wasn't much. I mean, you mm-hmm. can say, look, it was one of the greatest games the Bills I think have played. So mm-hmm. I get I get that comment of being a little bit, you know, all right, we need to take a step back and calm down here. Which yes, week in week out, each each week's different. But, but you know, it's hard to it's hard to win. I mean, we're not the players, obviously, but it's it's the NFL. It's it's hard to win in the NFL. And you know, when you when you do when you do win, I understand that. We are at a point where wing where we win a game. It's like, ah, eh, all right, we won a game because we've been winning. We are looked at as an elite team. So now it's not as it's not as big as winning in the playoffs because we've been in certain places before. But at the same time, we got to continue to win to get back to those places, right? So uh, it was a good win. Today is Wednesday. You know, they're getting back into the practice this week. They're starting to to, uh, to think about the next opponent, Jacksonville Jaguars. So this is the this is kind of like the last day we kind of get off that celebration, think about the next opponent in head, and gear up for, for London and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. But those are two stock ups. Stock, no, no stock down, just two stock ups. Stock ups. Mm-hmm. I do want to bring this up, though, because we don't have a special teams one. And I guess you could count as defense. Mr. Bass. You know, Bassmaster mm-hmm. 5000, as I'm going to mm-hmm. start, keep calling him. Um, mm-hmm. 
he he really has been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. He's one of those. It's it's a breath of fresh air also to have a kicker when they go out there and just say, you know, I'm confident in them making it. And Tyler Bass banked one in this this week, mm-hmm. and you know that was one of those ones where you're like, oh, that's that's a little weird that he banked it, and he's usually you know right down the middle. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know it. I we do need to give a shout out to to Mr. Tyler Bass there. Perfect all um, season. Perfect all season. Perfect all season. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna we're, I'm gonna knock on we're gonna knock on wood right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was another, you know, another another perfect game for Mr. Bass, even though he did bank one in. But you know, he's he's been reliable. Um, but okay, it wasn't all good news though on Sunday, like we've been saying. There mm-hmm. was a little bit of bad news, and it came on the injury front, and it was late in the game. So we do got I we gotta talk about it. it. It sucks to talk about, and it's one of those injuries that when you saw it happen and you knew who it was, it just <clears throat> it hurt you even as a fan, as it's even if you weren't a fan, even if you're a Dolphins fan, it hurt. It hurts as an NFL fan to watch a player at Tredavious White's level go down again, another Achilles, no, not another, just an Achilles injury, another season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. So my question to you though is, how much does this injury concern you when you both look at the team and when you think of Trey both physically and mentally? I mean, it's it, when you think about the player, it, it definitely. It sucks, right? It sucks. You see the obvious frustration, and that obvious frustration is is it's it's for the past, <clears throat> it's for the past and the future. That's 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 what I, that's the frustration that I saw from Trey White. The frustration was the past because he just went through a significant injury where he had to battle back through physically and 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 rehab and train and get mentally prepared and. You know, he had his mental hurdles um, coming off that ACL injury. And now the future, as he's sitting there with a torn Achilles, knowing the road to recovery again, he has to endure this and go through this. And and the, the thought of your career comes into play and your family, because these are human beings at the end of the day, right? Uh, am I going to be the same player? Uh, it, my last big contract, everything of that sort comes to play. And when you think about it like that, and you're thinking about who the player is, it sucks to see it happen to Trey White, right? It's definitely a blow for the Buffalo Bills because I don't think Trey White was the same player as four years ago when he made the All-Pro, when he was All-Pro three or four years ago. But I do think Trey White was having a very good season. His first four games, he was having a very good season in coverage and he is a high IQ player, and that high IQ is going to be missed on the back end on that football field on Sundays for the Buffalo Bills. Um, am I concerned overall for the team now? When you're thinking about the team, yes, I do have some concerns, but I'm not overly worried because, unfortunately, Trey White did get injured, but fortunately, we have a guy that hasn't been playing this this season and hasn't been active and that's Kyer Elam. Kyer Elam is a first round pick that I still have confidence in that in my opinion you know he's not better than Trey White right now but his ceiling and his athletic ability is superior to Trey White right now so uh, I, I like the fact that we have a player like Kyer Elam to bring off the bench and and throw in the fire. I like the fact that we do have a guy in Dane Jackson that
that is more than serviceable number two cornerback in this NFL. And as much as the injury is, is a hurtful one for the individual and the organization, it's not like last year where it happened in Thanksgiving. And the trade deadline is right there, and it's 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 so close. You have to kind of scramble to make it. You can't do anything because everything is so tight and so strapped. Right now is October first. The Buffalo Bills have a deep team. They have a boatload of picks, and now they're in a position where they they can assess a Dane Jackson to see how he plays the next couple games. They can assess. Kair Elam to see how he plays the next couple games. And if they're comfortable with their style of play, then fine. So be it. They can stay still as a team or make moves elsewhere in other positions if they see fit. If they have struggles or if they have concerns at that position, it's still enough time to address it. So as unfortunate as it is that Trey White, our guy, got hurt, fortunately, he got hurt early and fortunately the buffalo bills have the depth at cornerback to replace a trey white so uh that's just how i feel about the situation yeah i I think you nailed it right on the head there i mean it's it's it like i said though it's one of those injuries that you just when you see it happen you almost feel physically ill to a point because you're like again with this like and you you can't you know it's another non-contact where it's like you just it's just unfortunate and it, it, it's it's hard to find the words when you're talking about a player that works so hard that's been with this team since the beginning of the the rebuild you know he was one of the he was the first real draft pick of sean mcdermott and he helped change this culture and to see him go down again it really it really hurts but but like you said it is on the positive side they have guys in there that that with experience, at least to a level of a Dane Jackson that has it's has starting experience. Benford looks like he can be the guy, right? And it, it's it's just it, it's it's kind of like a mixed bag, right? It, it's oh well, you know, it, it yes, it sucks to see him go down. It hurts the defense a little bit, right? It, it, it hurts honestly Trey White physically and mentally more than by far more than it hurts this defense. And on the positive side, you do still have three guys that you, you know, maybe Kyrie Elam you're not 100% confident in, but you have at least confidence in his, like you said, athletic ability. You have confidence in, from what you've seen, at least a little bit on the field in the, in the playoffs last year, down the stretch last year. And the other thing, like you said, it is earlier in the season, which is a positive. So if they, if they do end up struggling in the next three, four weeks, they can go out and make a move if they need to. They can say, all right, we need to bring in another guy. And it's just, you know, my big question when it comes to this this whole situation is what what happens now in the future? How does how does this Deshaun McDermott look at this? How does Brandon Bean look at this? And how does Trey White look at this? Because Trey White, he, I think, you know, it seems to me, as from what we've heard, it took a lot of obstacles mentally for him to come back from the ACL and now to come back from an Achilles. And Achilles is, you know, some people think nothing's worse than ACL. Achilles is argue could be argued that it is worse or it is very very similar to ACL. It's it's another mentally and physically exhausting injury to come back from, and all you hope is that Trey White can get come out of it 
fine mentally because if he's not if he's you know coming out in the football field and every every play worrying about is an Achilles going to tear isn't that ACL going to tear that takes a toll mentally on a player and you might see it when he's on the field so I think I think the main thing that we can do as fans to help Trey White was is just support him and show him how much this community and this this fan base loves a guy like Trey White and appreciates a guy like Trey White because that's all he needs right now. And I think as the team, you know, the team will figure it out. It's Sean McDermott. I think he he's that type of coach where cornerbacks, you don't really see struggle in this, in this, in this type of defense. So it's just, it sucks to see. Only thing I, th- I think we can say is just be supportive in any way you can of Trey White. Whether it's a comment on social media, whether it's next game, we they show him on the screen, we chant his name, whatever it is. We just need to show him support and show him that, you know, the Bills Mafia is behind him 100% no matter what it is. And, you know, there's not a player that I wish it didn't happen to more since Trey White. And I really, really wish it didn't happen. But, you know, it happened and you got you to gotta work around it. And I think Sean McDermott and this team will work around it because I think they've, they've worked on it before. So, um I think that I think you know that's a, that's a little little good enough talk about you know the negatives of of Sunday and mm-hmm. the the, the the downsides of Sunday and you know it sucks but you know gotta gotta move on from it and we'll, we'll keep going. So if, if I'm Trey White, one last thing: if I'm Trey White, I'm doing I'm gonna call Clay Thompson. I'm gonna call Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson, I believe, blew his knee out one year. The next year, he I think it was his Achilles, if I'm not mistaken. It was his Achilles the next year, or it was two significant injuries back to back years, you know. So if I was Trey White, I'll reach out or Clay Thompson, I'll reach out like, hey, you know, I've I I I've been there, I know what you've been through, and I'm I'm here with you. You know, so that that that's usually what happens. Kind of like and Rogers, he tore his Achilles, he got with J.K. Dobbins and worked with J.K. Dobbins, who tore his Achilles, you know. So it's kind of like a a, a brotherhood throughout sports when injuries happen. So hopefully other players around uh not just the nfl other sports that probably went through similar situations like trey white can reach out and can be beneficial for him yeah yeah i yeah that'd be great i think that's a phenomenal idea for trey to do you know reach out to just people that can help you get through those mental hurdles of this this type of injury because physically that's gonna be him trainers they know what they they can they know physically what they need to do mentally that's that's a different aspect that's a different 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 uh demon to face there's the mental aspect of it so yeah that's you know tr- players have been through it you got to reach out to them got to got to just say you know i'm going through the same thing you just went through what what do you got for advice so we'll see what trey does see if he ends up doing something like that um but i got one last thing about sunday and you know to uh, for our outline it's a little different so but I, we, I, I, we did have it on there i'm gonna pump it up though what to you was the most impressive part of this game versus miami um Mine, I think, pretty easy. But what do you think was the most impressive part about Sunday? The most impressive part about Sunday's performance is the Buffalo Bills defense holding that Miami Dolphins offense to 20 points. And not only was it impressive, it was impressive after Miami scored 14 points in the first two drives. You know, so to to be able to – and shout out the offense to to be perfect as well to allow the defense time to make that adjustments and figure some things out um the buffalo bills defense uh was definitely the most impressive thing to me especially when a team scores 70 points you have doubts about your linebacker 
your all-pro safety is not playing. There's been talks and questions about your team speed on defense. And to come out and to perform the way they performed in dominant fashion. You know, it was, it was it was a dominating defensive performance for the Buffalo Bills. And it wasn't against Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. Because it's easy to say that you know, the Bills, they played the Commanders. They played Sam Howell. You, you can't use that this week. Yep. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills had a dominant performance, period. Yep. So I, I, that, that was just the most impressive thing to me. And I, hopefully they can they can stay consistently consistent and keep that going. Yeah, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be something that we're going to bring up last week's show. Mm-hmm. I was very close to having my one of my hot takes hit. And it's because of what happened with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, by the way, mm. played six games against the Buffalo Bills. He's averaged 47.3 yards per game, mm. eight, eight targets per game, so five catches and 50 yards essentially per game, one total touchdowns in six games. Mm. Sean McDermott, give yourself a standing ovation for that one because that is unbel- against one of the top receivers in the game. We saw what he did this year. We saw what he did 200 yards this year. He's, he's gotten, you know, un- off to an unbelievable start. And mm-hmm. then you hold him to three catches for 58 yards. Mm-hmm. That to me is the, you know, you said the defense, but if you dive even deeper, that that is what's the most impressive part to me is Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers in the game. To me, top three receiver in the game. I, in my opinion, he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. probably the fast, one of the fastest players in the league. Mm-hmm. He he could, knows how to get open. He knows how to get the ball, one of the balls in his hands, mm-hmm. uh, go after the catch. So he knows how to do everything. And to hold him three for fifty-eight. The only reason I'm upset is because I had him for under fifty yards. Should have mm-hmm. said under sixty, <laughs> but uh, you know it was close, right? Fifty-eight yards Impressive. for one of the mm-hmm. most top receivers in the league, and. You, you saw him lined up all over the place. You saw mm-hmm. it wasn't just Trey White when mm-hmm. he was in the game. It mm-hmm. was Benford. It was Dane Jackson. It was Taylor Rapp. It was everybody on that defense, and it was a phenomenal job. So props again to Sean McDermott at defense. Um, you're just getting you're getting the most impressive part of this whole thing, this whole segment here. It's defense, 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 really just impressive. That was the impressive part. And Tyreek Hill, you know, I, did, did the fans – it wasn't the fans, though, according to Tyreek Hill. Um, most of the fans, you know, fans didn't 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 do anything for Buffalo. Um, yet he was only held to three catches for 58 yards. So he's you know, that love to hear love to hear from him why that happened, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um uh, defense film, great job. Um, but let's though we're gonna, I'm gonna skip over the the two questions I had in between there just because you know we're obviously running a little bit on time here. Yeah, you you know, we we got to dive into you know we got another game coming up just like mm-hmm. just like we said we got another game coming up. Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a you know it's 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 another team that's been a little bit confusing this year when you look at their schedule. You know, they won Week One against the Colts, then they lost a close one you know to to the Chiefs, and then they got blown out by Houston. And then they beat, beat beat the Falcons pretty handily. So it's been kind of an up and down season for them. Two and two. Um, they had some high expectations coming into this game. They obviously got you know Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, great wide receiver core there, great offense just in general. It was a good team. Um, so I think two and two isn't doesn't speak to how good that this team is for Jacksonville. And they're playing in London for the second straight week. So we'll see if they have that. If that proves to be an advantage. Um, but just what are your just initial thoughts on this game? Um, offense and defense, just your overall thoughts on, on, on how how Sunday you think will go. 
I'm not a fan, first and foremost, of the Buffalo Bills playing one London game, let alone the Jacksonville Jaguars playing two in back-to-back weeks. I wouldn't be a happy Jacksonville Jaguars fan, but um, I digress. Uh, as far as the game, uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they, they have a very good team on paper. They have a team on paper uh, – where if the Buffalo Bills don't show up like they've been showing up the last three weeks, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a definitely capable team. They have, um, they made the playoffs last year. They have uh, Doug Peterson, who I think is an an, an, an excellent coach. Uh, they're playing in a weak division, so they're going to be uh, probably up and running for the playoffs this year. This might this this. This possibly can be one of two meetings for the Buffalo Bills and Jacksonville Jaguars, depending on what happens for the rest of the season. They have some playmakers, Trevor Lawrence. We know first-round pick. He was looked at as a generational talent coming out of Clemson. Uh, I think he started off slow. I think, obviously, coaching matters, and his progressions progressions got to a slow start when you have Urban Meyer as a head coach. Uh, But overall, I think he's a a, a very good uh, quarterback. Evan Ingram... He transitioned over to from the New York Giants, and he's he's been playing well for them. He's a he's a wide receiver playing tight end. He runs like a wide receiver. He runs routes like a wide receiver. Uh, and he's just a, he's just a, a a big mismatch problem if you let him be a problem. 156 yak yards through the first four games. That's seventh in the NFL. First out of all receivers. Uh, they have other guys that can make you pay in Calvin Ridley and Travis Ntn, like you alluded to. They they drafted Tank Bisbee out of Auburn, and they have Christian Kirk, who they signed to, to uh, 80, 80 plus million dollar contract, and everybody was going nuts. But Christian Kirk had a hell of a year last year. You know, everybody that the Jacksonville Jaguars paid last year, they performed, and because of that, they was able to make the playoffs, and they have expectations. So the Buffalo Bills. Definitely have their hands full this week in terms of playing a solid Jacksonville Jaguars team. In terms of why they've been struggling, I, I when I when I look at the team, I I do see some struggles, fixable struggles, but some struggles nonetheless. I, I, they have some offensive line issues, where I think you know that can be uh, uh, an, an advantage for the Buffalo Bills. We'll see what happens with Gregory Russo and his foot and if his foot ailment, but. If he plays along with Daquan and Ed Oliver and Leonard Floyd and how he's been able to play, I think that could be a definite advantage for the Buffalo Bills, uh, the defensive line against their offensive front. Um, and I think they, they've they been struggling with a lot of drops. Through the first three weeks, they have nine drops. Uh, Calvin Ridley have a lot of concentration drops I've been seeing. Uh, 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 Christian Kirk, Zay Jones has been battling some injuries. So I think they, they do have some struggles. But I think those struggles are are coachable and fixable as opposed to other people's struggles. So uh, very good team we're facing nonetheless. And I would ignore the struggles that they had against the previous opponents because that that doesn't mean that it won't be fixed heading to London against the Bills. So definitely an interesting team that is is on the up and coming, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, though, it is like they've had their struggles. Right. But it's early in the season. Early in the season, mm-hmm. see teams turn around all the time, and you never mm-hmm. know what week they are going to just flip that switch. And it's just all everything hits on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also want to bring in this comment up here. It is kind of crazy, you know, alludes to what you said earlier. Crazy, this game counts as a home game. 
you know, they've been there for two straight weeks and, you know, they play there every year and have an actual fan base. So I guess, you know, it's not even just that people don't like to go to London, their team to go to London and have to, you know, worry about that. It's also Jacksonville's been, like they said, Jacksonville's been there for two weeks. It's a long flight, right? It's a long, a lot of traveling mm-hmm. for a team to come there and for a team to be able to just sit there for two, for at least another week and say, you know, we, we've, we don't have to worry about traveling this week. We don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that. We're, you know, I know it's, it's, it's hard being away from, you know, home and everything, but is that a bigger advantage for Jacksonville or is it a bigger advantage for the Bills that they've been there for two weeks? That That's the question there. So it's just, it, it's, I again, you know, we were going to talk about do we do they like we like them playing in the NFL, playing in London. I think we both, from our at least beginning here, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of it. I know you mm-hmm. said you're not really a huge fan mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and it's you know it is. It's kind of is something where it's like ninth. Uh, now we got to wake up at nine thirty in the morning, get mm-hmm. get ready earlier. You mm-hmm. know, got to everything got to be different now, and it's it really is. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. So. You know, just small, small little takes there. Uh-huh. I'd like to see how a Jacksonville's fans thinks that think of it. Um, I do know, I think one, one that I know I don't think is a big fan of it um, at all. Um, who knows? Maybe Jacksonville ends up being a London team in five, ten years. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, but when it comes to the game itself, I think he, you know, you nailed it pretty well this week. I do want to bring this up. This is another point, right? This we don't need to pull Dolphins this week, uh-huh. as in, you know. We don't need to all of a sudden drop this game because, you know, we won a big one last week, right? Uh-huh. So, and that's kind of what you were alluding to there is Jacksonville's a good team. Their record on paper might not show, you know, they're, they're not 4-1, and one, they're not 3-1, and one, or 4-0, and oh, they're not 3-1. and one. They're 2-2, two and two, they've had their ups and downs, but they're a very good team, right? Their offense is, to me, one of the best offenses, at least on paper, when you look at it in the league, uh-huh. is for uh-huh. Stephen Corr. I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, even with you, you got Jamal Agnew there as kind of a gadget guy. Mm-hmm. I like him. Even Darren Johnson. Darren Johnson is their mm-hmm. third running back. And mm-hmm. he did great play. things in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So you go down the line. They, I think they have a very, very good offense. Their offensive line, like you said, it's, it can be a little shaky, but they they're, they still got, you know, young guys like Anton Harrison in there. That's fun in the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's we'll see what happens with the offensive line. Defensively, that's where I'm kind of a little bit confused here because they've, you know, they've had their ups and downs more on the defensive side, I think, than offensively. Um, you, you know, they obviously had that 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 game against the Chiefs where they only put up nine points, uh-huh. but when you look at the statistics wise, it kind of looks similar to their other games where the defense is more the one where it's been, you know, they gave up twenty-one to Indy, thirty-seven then to Houston, but only seventeen to Kansas City. It's kind of been up and down everywhere, kind of back and forth there but they do have good players they have the other josh allen who mm-hmm. we we know already has got been able to get to our mm-hmm. buffalo bills josh allen mm-hmm. um and then you bring in guys like devin lloyd who i think is a solid solid linebacker mm-hmm. um i like uh i'm gonna mispronounce it but for you sad uh oh, i'm not even i'm not even I, 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 I'm, I'm talking about the linebacker yeah yeah Ola, right. Ola, 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 yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andre Cisco, who I absolutely loved coming out of the draft. Safety there. In the corner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even Tyson Campbell, one of the most underrated corners, in my opinion, in the league. So they, they, they have good players, right? And another mm-hmm. coach that has shown already, already in the league that he knows how to win. You know, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, like you said, he's a, he's a solid coach. He knows how to win. He's already won a Super Bowl. So I think, you know, this is going to be an interesting matchup. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think is going to be the top? 
tougher matchup? Is it going to be this defense facing this top tier offense, or is it going to be, you know, it's top tier offense versus top tier offense, or top tier offense for the Bills versus a defense that's has, like we said, they can they can they can do damage, but we can also see them giving up points. So who do you think has the bigger or more mm. pressure, I guess, on them to do well when it comes to the Bills offense or the Bills defense? That's an excellent question. Um, I'm gonna go defense. I'm gonna go defense. We're praising Sean McDermott. We just praised him for, you know, stopping this high gauntlet team in the Miami Dolphins at 70 points. Uh, I, it, it would be a, 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 a excellent time for an encore to show that, okay, I, I can do this multiple weeks. It doesn't have to be a division foe. We can, we can go out here, go up to London and, and, our defense can travel well and play play out here as well. So I'm I'm thinking uh, the defense to to stop the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, especially if I know we're having a little some injuries here. We'll see what happens with Jordan Poyer, and we'll see what happens with uh, with Gregory Russo. But I'm definitely looking for for the defense to set the tone, rattle rattle, and get to uh, Trevor Lawrence because of that uh, struggling offensive line and and put the offense in in uh, great spots to take advantage and, and score some points. Yeah, I think, you know, this is one of the ones where it's kind of a tough question, I think. You know, when mm-hmm. you look at it, you know, it's, 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 it, the defense has been playing very, very well each week this week. So, but again, it's another big test, like you said. It's another big offense. Trevor Lawrence, you know, they, they were calling him the prodigy when he was coming in, a generational talent. He's shown that he's been able to be a very, very good quarterback in this league. Calvin Ridley is one of the top route runners in this league. Um, but I'll, I'm going to go with the opposite of you. I'm going to go with the offense, or the offense needs to needs to continue what they've been doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's an offensive league. Mm-hmm. You need to put up points week in and week out. And, you know, we've seen it with the Dolphins even, right? They put up 71 week, and then they put up 20. And I know, you know, the Bills are a very, very good defense. But it's still, it's the NFL. We've seen even Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen this year already. Mm-hmm. Week one, we saw it was abysmal. Everybody everybody was going to want to mm-hmm. forget about that game. Mm-hmm. But then we've seen this past Sunday, five touchdowns, no, no turnovers, amazing game. We've seen both sides of Josh Allen. I think the offense, I'm going to say the offense just because of the travel. I think when you look at the traveling and having a play in London and everything being sleep schedule being messed up. I mean, we even saw here from Eric, right. Saying that, you know, it's a completely different sleep schedule. Everything's different. I feel like as an offense that can kind of mess with you a little bit, right. You might be a little more relaxed and where defense, I feel like it's a little easier to get fired up there. It's easier to, you know, just lay a hit, boom, you're ready to go. Here we go. Where offensively, I think it takes a little bit to get going. And I think if they get off to a slow start, they might try to be pushing it too much. You might see them try to push the ball downfield. Can Dorsey get a little too aggressive or Josh Allen get a little too aggressive? Um, so I think I think it's going to be the offense. I think they just, they're just they going to need to, again, continue with the run game, continue with these short passes, don't force anything. So I think this offense just needs to continue what they've been doing Ken Dorsey needs to continue to stay on his course and not get off of it. That's the difference I think you've seen in Ken Dorsey this year is when stuff hits the fan or something doesn't work for a drive or two, you're seeing him stick with it. You're not seeing him get away from it. And I think this type of game is one of those games where you can't let that happen, right? Traveling, 
or a different time for the game. It's all over the place. You're kind of not at home here because Jacksonville's playing there a lot. It's you know completely different atmosphere than you might expect from an NFL game in the in, in the United States. So it's just a lot of different things, especially you know just offensively. Who knows? Just does, does London know that to, to stay quiet on an offense, even if you're a home team? Like we don't. We don't know. know. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And this is technically a home game, but. We don't know. Like we've said, Jacksonville's played there plenty of times. They could have a way bigger fan base than Buffalo. Um, so I think the offense, they're going to have their their work cut out from. I mean, the defense definitely is too, but the offense, they're going to have to get going, I think, early. And would, that's going to be the key. And I agree with you 100% that, that the offense is going to have to get going. It's definitely going to have to be the key. We saw guys like Josh Allen wreck the game for us several years back when, when we played the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that was before there was they was any good. But, Ben, I want to ask you about the Jacksonville Jaguars right quick because I, I, I think it's interesting. I'm looking at their struggles. I'm thinking about their defense. They took Trayvon Walker. I think that's the defensive end or defensive tackle out of Georgia, number one overall. And Aiden Hutchinson was sitting right there, and he looks like he's becoming the star. So we're talking about Jacksonville Jaguars' struggles. Is that part of it? Did they did they goof? Did they just miss on Aiden Hutchinson? Or or, or should we give uh, as Buffalo Bills fans? We we know about patience. We know about respecting and trusting the process. Is it, just is it just like a slow progression for Jay, uh, uh Trevon Walker? Or did they did they just pass up on the wrong guy? No, this was a big conversation at the draft time. I do remember that where it was all of a sudden Trayvon Walker was going to be the number one pick. It was. Hutchinson for a while. I'm forgetting who else was in that draft class. What was it, 2021 draft class? I believe so. Um, it was Hutchinson and somebody else. I don't know. 2021 was Trevor Lawrence. They must have been 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner was there, right? Mm-hmm. That was another guy that they were talking about. Trayvon Thibodeau was another guy that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that top five. Is Trayvon Walker the worst out of that? There's there's a, definitely a conversation there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say... He hasn't been horrible. That's the other thing. It's just has those other four guys, if they've been better. That's right. the big question. So, right. And that was something that I do remember when I, when I was out of the draft. It was odd. Oh, all of a sudden, Trayvon Walker, mm-hmm. two weeks before the draft, is the number one overall pick, even though mm-hmm. he wasn't even in the conversation for mm-hmm. up until about <laughs> two, three weeks before, if I recall. Right. right. So I'm not going to say it's a miss. I'm going to say... I'm gonna say it's a work in progress, but right now progress. it's looking like it could be a miss. Potentially, could be a miss. and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say bust. Bust is a different one because Trayvon Walker, right. I don't think, is gonna be a bust. bust. Right, but it, yes, it could be a very mm-hmm. big miss. It could kind of be like, to me, yeah, this might not be the best best. Um, I guess could, comparison is comparison. when Bills got Sammy Watkins. Right, Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. had the talent. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't stay on the field where mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker has the talent. There's just guys better than him. Mm-hmm. And is that then the issue? So mm-hmm. it, it's just, yeah, it's a good conversation. But I think right now it's a little too early to tell. But you teetering yeah. on that that side of definitely being a miss. Definitely. Um, but all right. Before we get into, though, our predictions and our, uh, you know, hot takes, I want to bring this question up from Jeff. Pretty simple one. I think, you know, we might have probably the same answer. How much do you think Von Miller will play if he plays at all? I'm going to just say it quick. I don't think he plays at all. I think they wait till the Giants. I don't think they're going to have him come back this first game via the travel, everything kind of all. Over. I think it will be the Giants or I believe after that is 
Broncos. No, I might be wrong there. But, um, yeah, I think he comes back versus the Giants. So what do you think? Do you think Von Miller plays at all? Uh, nah, I don't I don't think Von Miller comes back this week. I, I actually think he's going to come back even later. I'm thinking maybe even Tampa Bay, October 26th, and, on that Thursday night game. Are they after they're after the Giants, right? Yeah, it's 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 we have Jacksonville, then the Giants, then New England, then Tampa. Another month, another another four games. Because I'm 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 thinking the Buffalo Bills are very methodical. They're very patient. They want to make sure that their guy is ready. And I'm thinking that they want to have their guy come back in the ideal situation. So I don't think the first game of Von Miller's return would be an away game. I'm yeah. thinking it's going to be a home game, so I could be wrong. Obviously, it could be the the Giants. The Giants can definitely play uh, be be on the table there, but I, I'm gonna go ahead and say Tampa Bay October 26. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I think when it comes to Jacksonville, I think it's yeah. I don't think they'll rush him back right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He could be ready to play for all we know, but I just don't think they want to really. They just saw another guy. They just saw Trey White go down, right? Mm-hmm. Just saw him go down. Yep. The last thing they need is force of week five game versus for Von Miller and then him go down two again and then you're back in a situation where yeah the pass rush is definitely still doing well but you you want Von Miller on the field especially when it comes to playoff time time, time to crunch time so um yeah but we do have our game predictions our hot takes let's get you first what do you got for your game day prediction game day prediction I I I think Josh Allen is at a point where he is rolling i think he is in a in a certain zone i think he has certain things figured it out i think he's built more trust in the players around him based on what the players around him have shown him uh so i'm going to go ahead and say big game from josh allen 400 yards passing uh another four touchdowns uh, both Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs will go over 100 yards receiving a piece and score at least one touchdown a piece. The defense will have at least five sacks, and the Bills will be victorious. So, yeah, a few hot takes there. Do you got a uh, score at all? Uh, let's go. Yeah, actually, I do. The Buffalo Bills has been scoring about – 40 points per game last three games. Let's keep the ball rolling. I got the Bills, 38. 38, 24. 24. Buffalo Bills. I, I, was, I was about to say 17, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more respectful here. Garbage time touchdown. 38, yeah, 38, 38, 24. Buffalo over Jacksonville. I was going to say, yeah, they definitely might get a garbage time touchdown here. Uh, this – you know, we, last two weeks we've been very close with our predictions. This week we're a little bit a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been saying it all. I probably sound like a broken record this whole show. I am, I, I, I can't stand the London games. I really can't, and I think it changes a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think teams been rolling. I don't think they'll struggle. I still think Josh Allen will have a good game, but I'm gonna go with 23-21 Bills. Ooh, close game. Ooh, maybe a little Tyler Bass last minute field goal. Ooh, okay. Or it might be a 23, like, kind of 14 game, and they get a garbage time touchdown late. Okay. But I just think, you know, London with the travel, with, you know, a time difference, it will mess with the team a little bit. Jacksonville thinks a little bit more comfortable there. It might be a slow start for the offense, um, but I think they'll get rolling. So I'm going to have 23-21. Were, that, were the, the the Gabe Davis over 100 and Diggs over 100? Was that Those were your hot takes, I'm guessing? Yeah, D- okay. Diggs and Davis over 100. Uh, Josh Allen over 400 and four tutties. 
Okay, I got three also. I got Kyrie Elam. I think could get a could get an interception. That's that's maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of a hot one, you know. First mm-hmm. game back. Mm-hmm. I assuming I like he would be back. I, I would be very shocked if he doesn't play on Sunday. Right. right. Um. So Kyrie Elam, I think gets gets a touchdown. Dawson Knox, I think, has a big game in one of two ways. I think he either has seventy-five plus receiving yards, or I think uh, he has two touchdowns. I said ooh. it last week. He didn't have a touchdown last week. It seems like one of those games, you know, it could be it could be Dawson Knox game. Mm. Um, so I think Dawson Knox gets one or two touchdowns or seventy-five yards, maybe both. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so Dawson Knox. And my last one is probably my favorite one of the year. <laughs> we saw the Bills get called for an illegals formation and even though you know that was a big controversy players were yelling about you know that they it was they brought an offensive lineman i think a big man gets a touchdown i think one big man gets we need a big man touchdown in jay london what else like does london it. need right we're in I like london it. i like give it. the fans a show man give them a show. Um, i don't know who it would be we've seen it over the years i think we've seen Dion Dion dawkins uh i want to say spencer brown has no was spencer it brown. was it bates maybe Doyle, Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle, Tommy Doyle. Yeah, Tommy Doyle. So I think, you know, maybe you could see Ryan Bates get a touchdown this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who I else. Like who it. was the one that was coming out? Um, I can't remember. But I like it. I think big man touchdown. I like it. I like maybe, it you know, maybe it's even maybe it's even uh, even like Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones was having a year. Maybe it's Daquan Jones that gets a touchdown. Who knows? But uh, I like it a lot. Just, you know, I think the Bills are going to get a little, little, little frisky and a little, little crazy on Sunday a little bit. So uh, put on a show. There's like our it. predictions. We do have Jim with a prediction, 24-10 Bills. Again, I could very easily see that playing out. I could see the Bills, you know, run the ball well all game, taking time off the clock, controlling time of possession. I could see that. So I like that prediction as well. Um, let us know down below what you guys have for your predictions. We'll, we'll take a look at them. If anybody gets it right, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll give you a shout-out. Shout them out. Here. Yeah, definitely yeah, shout them out. We'll shout out. So, um, but that's going to do it for us. You know, another great show. This was another fun one, man. I mean, another great show, bro. Another great show. It's a good show. show. It's a good yeah. show. Anytime, you know, it makes it even better with coming off a win, right? We talked yes. about it in the beginning of the show. It's you just different energy when you start the show, when you end the show, um, going into this week. But there's another game coming up. We'll see you guys next, again next Wednesday. You got any last words for, for the built and Buffalo fan, Bills Mafia? Uh, A Rich, Akeem Richards, Ben Shoop off the edge every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ben Shoop, I, I like the 8.30. I, I, I think we, we got more. We got we, we got more conversation. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Another excellent show. Uh, tune in next week. Same time, same place. Built some Buffalo Network. Go Bills. Yeah. And uh, be, like I say every week, go down below. Hit that like button. Share it. Tell your grandmother, tell everybody, and anybody tell everybody. you have, tell everybody. Tell everybody. Um, check out the other shows. Again, those guys, everybody from Bill and Buffalo does phenomenal jobs. So go check them out. Um, Eric, hope you have a great time at your tailgate at midnight on Sunday. I love that. Love the dedication. Shout out to Eric there. Um, but, yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, go Bills, go Buffalo. We'll see you guys next week, 830 again here. Have a great one, everybody.